It's not playing with Lex and Dan. That man over there, Lex. That's me. And that guy talking before me, that's Dan. I'm so glad we cleared this up for our listeners. I know there's a lot of confusion every week. Which one are you again? I'm Lex. I'm one of the listeners. (laughs) How did you get in here? I don't know. (laughs) Please leave a recording a show. Hey, we're back with the latest and final, I believe, episode of season four of Not Playing. Lex, it's been a long journey. Lex, Friedman Lex. Uh, it has, Dan. We've seen a lot of Bonds, and the the hard decision for me was, if we're going to watch one more, which Bond did I want to see again? And I really struggled. I really struggled, as you know. And we talked about this. And in the end, I I couldn't decide. I, Lazenby was my first choice uh, <laughs> to see another Bond from. Yeah, but I, knew I didn't. I didn't actually want to do Connery again because it just it felt too dated to me. I don't feel like it actually holds up that well. Yeah, I think if it, you don't have the nostalgia factor for it, it's just not as worth it. And uh, I'm stalling because I'm trying to remember the Bond's name, who's the the Bond who came after him, who I liked, <laughs> Roger Moore. <laughs> Roger Moore. I really liked Roger Moore, and so that was that was in the running for me. And then I was like, you know what? I want to go for a modern movie because I feel like I'm overall better at modern movies because of how they've ruined my attention spans and everything else. So I was debating between uh, the two most recents, between uh, Daniel Craig and Don't Tell Me, I'm going to get it, uh, Remington Steele. Um, <laughs> That's not his actual name, but sure. Uh, it's Actually, his actual name is almost as good as Remington Steele. <laughs> I know. it's a re- Oh, Pierce Brosnan. And so I was debating between them. And even today, you were like, well, I'm down to these final two choices, Lex. Do you want to watch Tomorrow Never Dies or do you want to watch Skyfall? And you pulled, I believe, the incomparable Slack? The member Slack. The member Slack. And um, Skyfall just slightly edged out Tomorrow it was, Never You Dies. know, it was close. As of this recording, it was 14 for Skyfall and 12 for Tomorrow Never Dies, which yeah. is a lot closer Very than close. I thought it was. Because when it started out, like Skyfall had twice as many votes. And that just, yeah, Tomorrow Never Dies posted a, low, uh, a late showing, but still a strong one. So we edged it out in favor of Daniel Craig's Skyfall. Which is also the sort of 50th anniversary uh, James Bond movie. So that's kind of a nice way to finish. You actually, because you know me well and you know how tired I get when we record these at night. And for the (laughs) listeners who don't know, I just had coffee. You were like, just so you know, Skyfall is 23 minutes longer than the two-hour runtime of Tomorrow Never Dies. And I was like, it's okay. Let's do Skyfall. Um, In part because it's one of the few Bond films whose uh, theme I can sing a little bit by heart. (laughs) Adele if I'm not mistaken. I think that's correct. And so that was one reason. And then, I don't know, I feel like, was the other Daniel Craig one we watched, was that his first? Uh, Yes, that was his first outing in the role. And so I feel, for no real reason, because you've told me that he's a more serious Bond and whatever else, I feel like maybe now that he'll have had previous Bond playing experience under his belt, that maybe he'll be a little bit looser, which I'm intrigued to see. And... I don't know. I, I feel like if you have Adele, like that t- counts to me as modern. Adele is modern. And I feel like this will be a modern Bond movie, and I'm well, curious it, to see how it, it goes. It is uh, 2012. Uh, this is the second most recent Bond movie. Um, and so it followed a movie called Quantum of Solace, which is in has a interesting story behind it in that it was affected by the writer's strike uh, of the year that it came out. And so it ended up being widely viewed as kind of a strange Bond movie in which it feels like a lot of 
things don't ha- like it's very unmemorable um mm. i will say the one thing <laughs> like that's, this podcast <laughs> well, i would say the one thing that stands out in my recollection i would have to check i believe it's the only movie in which he does not sleep with the female lead Oh, interesting. Yeah. I um, I was imagining that, like, there was just much less intrigue than normal because they had fewer <laughs> people to write it. And like, Bond, you must catch this guy. And he's like, okay, here he is. The end. <laughs> yeah. Credits. It's all, it is shorter. It's also an hour and 47 minutes, which is actually way shorter than this movie. This is uh, two and 24, I believe. I will say not one of the Bond movies that we've watched have I thought to myself, boy, this was shorter than it needed to be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that hasn't come up yet. Tightening things always a little bit of a trick. So you know the theme song for Skyfall. Do you know anything else about this movie? Uh, I know that the uh, when we record the show, I'm next to my Echo show, uh, which was just showing a headline about Idris Elba fueling. Is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, Idris, fueling, I would say um, yeah, sure. Idris Elba fueling uh, rumors about that he will be the next Bond. So yeah, I mean that's been going on well for talked. years, and yeah, but now he said something. Yeah, that people well, that it's happening. It's funny because Craig is contracted for one more. And if, assuming that comes out, I think there may be a um, a speculative date for it. I'm not sure that it's actually even started production. I think it's no. They said there's the Wikipedia claims it will be out next year. Um, so you know the the earliest Elba would probably play that role is like 2021, and he's I I love him, uh, but he's not young, right? Like he's not right. a. Uh, he's in his 40s now so by that point he would be pretty close to 50 and there's nothing wrong with that i'm perfectly i'd be totally fine with a we've seen older bonds like plenty between connery and moore it would be a departure but i honestly think you know he's so awesome i don't really care how old he is (laughs) (laughs) and he certainly doesn't look old so he's got that he's got a little salt and pepper to the beard but if he went in clean shaven no i think he looks he, he he's a very I mean, dashing gentleman. Dan, so do I. So <laughs> let's let's not judge the salt and pepper to the beard. <laughs> also, just uh, speaking of beards, at some point, will you give me some advice on how I make it less less itchy? I've been using beard balm recently. I need some help on that. Not really a bond question, just a general life. It's question. more of a bomb question. Mm-hmm. James, James Bomb, have you tried James Beard Bomb? Bomb, bomb, <laughs> Beard Bomb. Um, I do. I know anything else about this movie? I know that she wrote it. I uh, Adele, uh, the song, not the movie. <laughs> It's like she is very talented. I don't think I could name who any of the co-stars are, and certainly, like, I am impressed, quite honestly, with the folks who can recount the plot, let alone the female character names or the villains of so many Bond films on Recall, because the titles typically have very little to do with what the movie's about, as far as I can tell. I'm guessing there's planes in this one and people fall out of them, but I don't really know. Interesting. <laughs> or jump out of them, or maybe they fall off cliffs. I don't know. Uh, but you figure at some point there's going to be somebody falling through this guy. Uh, so I've got it, but that's that's based on some real deep forensic analysis of the one compound word in the title. Uh, it's that's actually a Welsh word pronounced mm-hmm. scuffle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the scuffle river. The, yeah, we're going to get a lot of Welsh emails now, which will probably have lots of <laughs> We won't understand them. any of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So you're yeah. going in cold. Yes. Um, we had more jokes about Welsh folks, but we consider Welsh a, a rare bit. That's no. Nope. Oh, okay. that was a deep cut. But uh, the yeah, I, I honestly I don't know anything about this. This isn't Halle Berry, right? Or is she with Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, no. All right, well, I'm you know I'm going to cut you off before you just you know okay. keep <laughs> keep digging yourself deeper in that hole. Yeah, I got nothing. All right, but before we turn to the movie itself, it is of course our last chance this season to remind you that if you. Yes, you. I'm watching you. 
sitting at home listening to your podcast. Uh, if you're interested in listening to this movie along with mine and Lex's salient <laughs> well, commentary, you can, you can watch the movie and listen along to our salient. You don't have to just listen to the movie. You could. You could just listen to the movie also, but you can watch <laughs> you can, the movie. You can listen, listen quietly with us. <laughs> Um, you can, of course, do so by signing up to become a member of The Incomparable. Just go to theincomparable.com slash members. You can choose from a variety of plans, each for their own amount of uh, support every month. But all of them get you access to spiffy extras, including things like bootleg tracks, for our uh, members' special episodes, access to The Incomparable member Slack, and just some other delightful surprises throughout the year. Of course, when you sign up, you can toss a little money towards the way of your good friends Lex and Dan at Not Playing and continue to import, uh, continue to enable us to uh, produce this show. And who knows? Maybe you'll get a chance to get some input into what season five might look like. Because we don't know. Well, that's all I have to do to get some input? Because I'd love to have some input <laughs> on season five. We'll talk. Have your people call my I people. think we should do all the Fast and Furious movies. That's my current vote. <laughs> oh, that's going to be an interesting year. <laughs> well dan we've done it we have we've concluded skyfall would you like to uh give some thoughts i would be delighted to uh i'll be honest with you dan this was my absolute favorite of all the James Bond films we watched. Wow. And I would even say it wasn't that close. Really? Yes. I'm fascinated. Tell me why. Uh, well, all right. Why fascinated? I mean, I guess I can... It is one of the most modern, so I can see why you would enjoy it. it the plot moves along, for the most part, pretty well. It's There are some things... I have some criticisms. There are things I like about this movie... And there are things that... So it's been a while since I've watched it. Yeah, I saw it it's in the theater. Thank you. You're welcome. I saw it in the theater. And you could convince me not to like it. But so here, here's what I would say right away. Okay. One, some of these movies I think have been too densely plotted. Like I don't think you're in James Bond movies. You're not that you don't want plot, but like you want it to be sane while ridiculous. By which I mean like, yes, they're going to have incredibly... Like, the, the plan that Javier Bardem <laughs> implements throughout yes. this movie is ridiculous and hyper-complicated and nutty. But that's what I want from a James Bond villain, right? Mm -hmm. You want contraptions. Not that this one specifically had those, but, like, you want it to be ridiculously dense and nutty. But, I thought, first of all, I thought that uh, Daniel Craig was considerably funnier in this one, which was just my secret hope for no good reason. Uh, maybe I saw what I wanted to see, but I thought this one was overall funnier than the other Daniel Craig movie we watched. And, like, it had multiple intentional laugh lines. I thought the women all seemed strong. I um, would take issue with that. <laughs> tell me. Tell all me. All right. So here are my complaints. I mean, okay. The character of Severine, who we see briefly, basically gets discarded as a plot point. Yes. You, in you a, objected in to that a particularly as we brutal fashion as well, uh, which is, and she has virtually no agency. I would also argue, I appreciate some of what they tried to do with Money Penny, but basically having her sort of demoted I mean, it's from field work at the end like oh you're not you're not up for it right like that that felt a little cop out i don't know to me. she felt to me like super competent and confident 
and likable. And I felt like it wasn't that she decided, it wasn't that they decided she wasn't good at for field work. It's like she didn't want to. She was tired of seeing all the death and terror up close. That was my read on it. Maybe I'm projecting, but it felt like right. it was I her guess call. To, to me, it's like she says field work's not for everyone. And I feel like there is a suggestion of like, you're not cut out for this. <laughs> and it's fair. There are that that's, that's an interpretation that is not you know it's an inference not necessarily something that's directly stated but it's still a little like you know it's it feels very much still like it's a boys club i do like m in this i think she's very strong in this gets a great movie and clearly you know she wanted to go out with a like in and i like that because in the previous ones we never really get m to be a character beyond the person who just hands over you know uh, the the mission at the beginning and so right. she's tough as nails but for like five minutes a movie and in this one she is a real character right and of course that's all lead up to her getting killed at the end so you know right. if you're gonna get but at least she gets to go out on kind of a high note which i enjoy i kind of wish she had gotten to be the one to kill uh, javier bardem at the end though i felt like that would have been well the thing that i liked about her not doing it because i was wondering if she would uh, or if the old guy would whose name i never caught um but the thing that I liked about it is that James, I believe, promised the woman whose death you disapprove of, rightly, he promised her that, she would, that he would kill him. She said, will you kill him? And he was like, yeah, I'll do that. And so he had to. He made a promise to the dead lady. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I, I enjoyed the over-the-top ridiculous evilness of Javier Bardem. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. He's, he's some interesting choices. I also enjoyed that they, I feel like this time as I was watching it through, I had to wonder if the, the blonde do was a, a tip of the hat to Daniel Craig being blonde. Like, oh, you complain about our Bond being blonde. Well, here, we've made him, we've made our villain super blonde, like peroxide blonde. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, that's a great question. And I, when I see stuff like that, I always have to wonder whose choice it is. Which is like, sure. I see myself as ridiculously blonde. Yeah. Um, but I thought that he was really good and like, again, over the top, but in the way that you want your Bond villain to be. I thought that the, I guess you would call them effects. I thought that there were no bad fight scenes. And there were some where, and I think I commented as we were watching, there were some where there were really epically long takes of a fight of just like hand-to-hand combat, Mm -hmm. where I was just impressed with the choreography of it. The extended train sequence in the beginning, I thought was really cleverly done. And like, you've seen train, like at this point in movie watching life, you've seen train chases and tunnels and all the other things. But I thought that they did a really nice job Mm -hmm. of making it original and unique. And then the, even like the, the house on fire and the back and forth there it all i don't know it felt like they worked hard at that stuff and they didn't just make it afterthoughts like we have seen some really bad james sure, Bond fight scenes. sure yeah i, I think uh, technically there were no snowmobile situations in this one which i appreciate yeah I, I think this movie is very technically accomplished yeah and this is mendes's oh is this his second i'm trying to remember if he did quantum of solace as well but you know he's clearly a very solid director and um he he knows what he's doing he's got everything staged really well his effects are really well thought out and his fight scenes are really well shot um so you know full credit there i think that it's a technically a very good looking film yep now you're right though and you, you made this comment during the movie though that that death of that woman is not 
James is completely unaffected by it, disaffected by it, whatever, and that seems wrong. Yeah, I didn't. I, I that handling of that is strange, and I, I, I get the idea that it's sort of, it's sort of supposed to show that he is still like callous thug, but I, I feel like at the same time we've grown to expect more from him over see i i didn't read it that way until you said it as we were watching because i read it as like at first like they, they i read it as like he f- intended to have the upper hand and thought that he was going to kill the guy right then so he was like trying to catch him off guard so that he could then lead into his um killing everybody because his intention was to kill the guy then right to kill Javier right but she's, she's already dead at that point so he doesn't have the situation is already out of control therefore fair he's kind of i mean and there's no shock there's no, the reaction shot i was watching this time like there's basically no reaction from him which also feels like even just like a, he should be surprised or shocked right. by it and that to me is a strange choice from a directorial standpoint more than from a um character standpoint and i guess given what he was then going to do where he uses the gun of the guy who's guarding him and everything else like he could have done all that before the murder sure yeah i mean (laughs) he had that as an option right exactly so it's a strange moment and felt like this is just an extraneous character that we need to kill and then her death has zero meaning right like yeah there's no impact from that whatsoever so you can't even accuse her of being fridged really because it doesn't even it doesn't even register so that feels very disposable and and uncomfortable i think in some ways and that's not uh certainly not uncommon in the bond movie franchise but i think it is somewhat shocking because of the point at the movie in which it comes i feel like a lot of times those deaths come very early on and they do provide some sort of catalyst or something but this in this case especially it felt because like, her story was so poignant like a really right. kind of emotionally fraught story and like she should get something yeah. and I, I so you're right okay now i hate this movie no <laughs> but you you are right though that that it is mishandled and to its detriment i that part is a bummer <laughs> yeah i mean and my other my other main complaint is the 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 as i mentioned to you while we were watching it and this is always going to be an issue for people like us who know, actually know things about technology i don't <laughs> i don't care about the jargon that's fine but the idea that the our you know character of q who's introduced as being you know brilliant and really savvy does something dumb which is just like oh yeah this is a strange computer i can trust i'll just plug it right in on my network feels it makes me roll my eyes a little bit. You point out the nerd mug being sort of a little too... I feel like that's that's kind of emblematic of the, the treatment of... I don't want to say nerds because I feel like these days I don't really feel great about nerds a lot of the time, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's like they, they didn't think they had to worry about getting the technical details right because you're not the technical thriller aspect isn't part of sure, it, right? It's right. the it's everything else. But it does mean that if you pay any attention to those things, but you are right, uh, connecting to their own network is very very stupid. Yeah. Um, I I will tell you that I can almost excuse it because like he's in jail, right? They've got him. And, like, what's he going to do? They've got him locked up. But he's proved to be a computer mastermind who blew up in the previous headquarters with his computer from nowhere near there. So, <laughs> eh, it's fine. It's, it's a, it is a nitpick and a little bit of a plot hole. But as you said, again, I think your point is well taken. You're looking for certain things in a Bond movie plot, uh, and you're going to let certain stuff go. So, from that perspective, okay. I, I, you're right. I, I, your point is still valid. But, like, I... I don't know. I really enjoyed... I thought that it was going to be a little bit too... 
trite for me um bond's dislike of this new cube because he was so young but then he kind of had a quickly developed begrudging respect for him like even in their first yeah, meeting, I li- and i, I like the the actor here ben wishaw i actually like him quite a bit i've seen him in a handful of things and um i i enjoy their rapport uh i enjoy him here I think, well, the other thing that, that is a little, was much more apparent to me, I'm, maybe it was apparent at the time, but it was a long time ago since I watched this, um, sure. was the the driving home of people being too old and everybody <laughs> being outdated, which felt like a plot point that I get. And it's it's totally, especially for when, you know, this was the 50th anniversary of the franchise. Right. And sure, like that's the point you're making, but it really is just like hammered on in the entire movie and i felt like it's a little too much of a um there's just a little too much of a of a of a a ribbon on it you know like i'll tell you i actually read it differently really because they made constant references to it but it was a very old guy who helped them be able to win at the end uh, M holds her own and she's clearly older and Daniel Craig is you know an older bond at this point and he like saves the day in the end and emerges victorious so like they made constant references to age which I thought was like acknowledging hey some of us are getting older but at the same time it was the old folks who really did the, the person who screws up the most to your point is the new Q who's like the youngest guy in the film that's true that's true it's a fair point so I thought it was almost it was like I and maybe I'm just projecting onto it because I feel old myself. Um, but I thought that it was almost like two on the nose the other way. Like they're talking about how everybody's getting old, and yet it's the old people who are like the smart ones here. That's a fair point. Uh, I I would I'll allow it. All right. I thought that motorcycle chase that I wanted to mention early on in the film, I guess, was leading to the train. Yeah. I thought that whole sequence was pretty great, but I complained to you, and then in retrospect, I think I liked it, <laughs> where Bond like rams his motorcycle into the cement barrier on the side of the road, knowing that it'll project him into the air and he will land in the right place. That whole thing amused me, but I think I like it. I think I want James Bond to be an idiot who takes ridiculous <laughs> risks and survives. <laughs> Incidentally, there is a there's a Wikipedia page for Severine, and I think it's longer than her time in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure um i also uh, i wanted to mention i do like the end set piece in scotland at the, i kind of remember being kind of slightly irked in the first watching the movie just feeling like diving into bond's backstory is kind of um i feel like they've tried things in the past to humanize him a little bit and it's always a little bit unsuccessful because of the fact that he's basically a cipher and that's kind of what right. we want from him yep but i liked it better this time around i felt like it held up better for me maybe just because i knew it was coming and it does tip and they a hat also to, don't they don't dwell on it right? sure and they tip a hat to some of the stuff that is like in the books is his backstory that he is an orphan the, those are the names of his parents as listed i think in the books uh and you know he's supposed to be at least part scottish i think as well i believe i was just double checking my memory on this they had initially considered trying to get Connery to play the role of the groundskeeper, but mm-hmm. decided it might have been too uh, too much of a meta thing to, like, you know, it would have distracted people too right. much. And I can see that, though, at the same time, uh, A, I do love Sean Connery, and B, I would guess there are probably a lot of people <laughs> who wouldn't recognize him. <laughs> Uh, i don't know i don't know i mean i guess he's been out of film for a long time now and i feel like a lot of the younger generation probably wouldn't but 
Um, but you're, you're right that it would be cool. I wouldn't mind it taking, like, you're never in reality in these movies anyway. But, um, like, just that scene of the the older guy, whose role I didn't quite understand. Like, I don't know if he was James, baby James Bond's, like, nanny. <laughs> I don't know exactly <laughs> what the deal is. But uh, just him shooting a couple of the bad guys and then saying, welcome to Scotland. I enjoyed like, Yeah, it no, just, that was funny. It, it had, um, it felt like a real spy thriller and you know lots of chasing and shooting and intrigue and like uh, emotion and then it did have that humor sensibility that i kind of not as a as a non-bond expert that i expect from bond movies that i want them to have some cheekiness to them while still taking themselves seriously and i feel like this did a nice job of doing both things and as i mentioned to you while we were watching i found the music in this one very satisfying yeah uh, where it felt like the soundtrack did a nice job of uh remaining true to its bondian roots while at the same time trying to embrace a more modern sound and i thought it pulled it off nicely yeah this is uh thomas newman who is i believe is newman yeah works with um sam mendes has worked with sam mendes a bunch of times um replacing david arnold and yeah, I agree. The theme was was there good. a fight with uh, the previous guy Arnold, no. and they had a Mendy's fences. Mm, they had to get a new man in. <laughs> Sorry, I had to think about it, but I made it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think my I still have some complaints about it, but it, it held up better for me on rewatch than I think it did the first time around. Uh, I still have, as I said, you know, there are some complaints that I think are unfortunate hallmarks of the series that I would like to see. Yeah, perhaps fixed in later installments. I mean, I, I honestly, it is hard. It's hard to run a shtick for fifty years, you know. And yes. you got to you got to evolve with the times. And we've seen that a little bit in our in our time through the Bond franchise. So, and as we kind of discussed, it gets a little bit lost in time. Where I wasn't sure. You, I, so I asked you, is this supposed to be? the original money penny or a descendant of money penny and you were like was well, that the original bond or a descendant of bond but i just couldn't tell i didn't know if money penny was always eve money penny or not and like i could see that like maybe miss money penny like it felt like he should have already known miss money penny at this yeah, point that was unless a little this weird is, like, too. Part of a reboot yeah but like i don't know i i know that you you felt like money penny gets demoted through the course of the film but i really liked their rapport i liked their relationship and the way they interacted and it really felt like she always held her own with him like it never felt like he had the upper hand in their relationship it felt like they were very much on even footing plus she shot him um but i don't know i i really liked i don't know that actress but i really liked her i thought she was very good naomi and Harris. compelling on screen right and um i don't i i liked everybody it really even the uh the villain who i guess has no lines the the, the first guy who he's fighting oh yeah the sort of hitman <laughs> right like i don't know i just felt like people did nice jobs in this like it uh, i there was never a point where i was like rolling my eyes at it i just kind of liked it. i do think one of the things i like the best here is that they kind of set up you to think that ray finds is going to be a bad guy but he actually yes. turns out to be uh, a good guy and there's also a reinvention there right obviously we're switching m's but that i do enjoy as a homage that at the very end there when he goes into m's office the door that's like the padded door is very similar to the m's office doors from the older movies too so mm. there's a little bit of nostalgia as well as you know forward-looking uh attempts from this movie at this point and this is not a bond movie franchise problem alone this is a many movie problem but uh, there is a lot of incidental death and destruction that mm-hmm. goes relatively uncommented upon like everyone in a while some of these movies there's a joke like hey trino bring the car back in one piece or don't break this thing but then it's like uh, 
many people died in that um whatever the british equivalent is of a congressional hearing <laughs> like <laughs> many people and uh, through and like innocent cars and trucks are overturned and like you know that there's a lot of havoc being wreaked and i just want people to like feel bad about it or i want like i get that it's bad for all these secret agents to be compromised but i I wanted a little bit more on boy it's a bummer that like 400 other people (laughs) died today a little bit more of that than there was i think yeah never a thing that you're probably going to get a lot of out of it out of a bond movie (laughs) yeah 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 but man i i liked it i thought it was good all right well we we have now, I mean, you've basically seen half the Craig outings. Mm. You saw a Brosnan, a Dalton, uh, a Moore, a Lazenby, a Connery. You've you've run the gamut here. Any any yeah. thoughts on the franchise as we wrap up this season? I would say that I am amazed at its at its longevity. Mm. Um, and maybe it's because so many movies that have come later have cribbed some of the best parts but it doesn't feel like there's a ton unique that it's bringing to the forefront at this point bond is a unique character all his own and that he's basically indestructible and can have any woman he wants (laughs) um but i feel like that is not uncommon now well and and a lot of stuff that came after this was also i feel like in some ways set up as a response to it right like if you watch you know you go watch like die hard right like bruce willis is indestructible to a certain extent yes but he gets hugely hurt throughout that movie he's also yes. more of a blue collar working man hero instead yes. of a uh upper crust and and bond is not necessarily upper crust but that is the image that we have of him i guess one thing i liked on this one just before i get back to your initial question was occasionally they would try to make subtle references to the character in film history like mm-hmm. where you see him getting his drink made but hasn't been ordered right <laughs> and so you can see that they're shaking it and they hand it to him like i like that um but so i think the franchise was clearly original when it was created ian fleming wrote some great books i guess although i had a, a local friend tell me that the books are like also really filthy um, i think we discussed this yes and <laughs> yes. and that that is that is true <laughs> i appreciate the performances of all the bonds i think i told you that <sighs> Like I, I did like uh, Daniel Craig, especially in this one. I thought Roger Moore had a nice mix of the things that I liked from all the different Bonds. I think I'm a little partial to him, even though Sean Connery is obviously classic. Like, I think if uh, I had unlimited patience for older movies, that I would probably lean towards more if I was going to watch another Bond movie. Mm. But I, I liked it. I do feel like they are now inherently nostalgic to a degree. Sure. Like, if you're not going to fully reinvent things, which they're not it's the same problem I had with <laughs> this is not at all bond esque in any way, but um, I used to, for a couple of years, I watched the David Duchovny showtime series, Californication. Okay. And I had to stop watching it for a variety of reasons, including literally any woman, David Duchovny's character meets on that show wants to sleep with him without any justification. And I feel like they're just assuming here that because he's James Bond, anyone wants to sleep with him. And I would like to see him do more to earn it. Whichever, whoever is playing Bond. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I would like them, him to be more charming because I think there is a superficiality applied to all the women where it's just like, oh, you're hot. I want you. The same way that, frankly, there's a superficiality to him. <laughs> right. He's like, oh, yeah. you're hot. I want you. And I feel like that part will never leave the Bond franchise and will never be awesome. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, I don't know. But I, I, I enjoyed watching them. I feel like I'm more well-versed in Bond. But I, I, I told you while we were watching, I'm impressed with people who like can tell you the individual plots of all of them because they feel not interchangeable. Like They're all different, but there's so many. 
they <laughs> the are people a lot. who can keep them all straight are impressive. Well, yeah, and I think maybe we didn't always watch the ones that were the most distinctive in their plots. I mean, there's certainly mm. parts that you can pull out of each of them, but I mean, you know, certainly things like Goldfinger stand out, Goldeneye stands out to me. I cannot remember now what For Your Eyes Only was actually about, <laughs> uh, even though we watched it just a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Or the um, the Living Daylights. Nope. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we watched a movie called The Living Daylights? We did. We did. <laughs> and that's why the, like, the titles are very interchangeable. Sure, sure. I mean, and they're all, a lot of them are taken from Fleming's short stories or for other, from yeah. other things in Fleming's life. But yeah, it seems, I don't know. I mean, especially the movie that came after The Spectre, I think was, uh, Skyfall, you know, I think was well received for the most part. There are criticisms of it, but I think it was on the whole, it was taken pretty well, especially after Quantum of Solace, though some people oh, argue that's underperforming. The, the giant lizard eating the guy was a little bit over the top. <laughs> it's Komodo Dragon, man. Those things are dangerous. Yes. I was just going to say, I, I think Spectre, the movie that came after this, burned through a lot of the goodwill earned by Skyfall for, oh. I mean, I might have to go rewatch it at some point just to... I remember being dissatisfied with parts of it. There are some really nice stunts in it, but uh, it also feels like it squanders some good actors in roles that kind of don't make a lot of sense. Gotcha. I, I was just thinking in this movie that we just watched in Skyfall, the, um, you know, they, they give him the gun and they say it's, you know, it's coded to your hand. And so you have to assume that at some point somebody's going to steal the gun and it's not going to work. And even though that was kind of my assumption, I was, I was pleased with how they did it. <laughs> If that makes sense. He loses his gun. The guy grabs it. And when he is failing to fire it, that's when the Komodo dragon comes and eats him, steals him, whatever. We've all been And I thought that was clever. I thought I liked that. I don't know. It was dumb and clever at the same time. So I don't know. I guess I, I appreciate people's appreciation for the Bond franchise. If you didn't have such negative things to say about Spectre, I'd probably have gone to see it. I would probably have have chosen to watch it at some point because I like this one. It's, you know, feel, I, I shouldn't dissuade you from it. It has its moments, but I, I, again, I think that when the franchise strains a little bit too much to humanize Bond, I think it, it loses its threads a little bit too much. Mm. So I, you know, there are some, some issues there, but it does have some, some great stunts and the like, and I believe it's, uh, I want to say it's also Sam Mendes. Yes. It's also Sam Mendes. It's the same writers. Oh, interesting. So, you know. You, you take what you can from it. So we uh, should tell our listeners thank you for enjoying this season, if you did, or at least listening to this season <laughs> of not playing. We can't make you enjoy uh, it, but we, we hope you did. We welcome your suggestions for what we should do in our next season of not playing. Dan doesn't seem to like my idea of the Fast and the Furious series, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> I've heard, I have one friend who loves movies who's like, they're the greatest movies of all time. Well, and our, our, our friend Tony Sindelar is a, has seen them all. I know I saw one of them with him. It was the one directly in the middle. <laughs> Literally no idea what happened in it or oh, how I believe related I saw the, the very first one and had no idea what was happening 90%. Well, that's, a, that's an option. We could also, as always, we could go back to our older formula of watching yes. a broader range of movies that we haven't seen. So, no. yeah. I, I always wanted to like do su- got moves. I want to do suggestions from people, but I'm like, there's no way people know what movies we haven't seen. So that seems dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a problem. Not going to work. We do have a Google Doc somewhere. Somewhere I'll have to that we could think of that. I'll have to dig we, that up and update yeah. it because I'm sure maybe I've seen some of those in the interim. Yeah. By the way, this episode of Not Playing was brought to you by Movie Pass. Movie Pass. Whatever it does today, it'll do something else tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll pass on that uh well thank you dan for sharing uh your 
interest in James Bond with me. Yeah. I was going to say like love, but I don't think that's right. I think you know there there are elements I I did love about it when I was younger, and I didn't know any better. I don't <laughs> anticipate you know I don't look forward to a new Bond movie as much as I used to. I think because of all the problems with the franchise, I still end up seeing pretty much all of them, but. I don't think that I necessarily have quite the same like, oh, you know, there's a new James Bond movie excitement over it that I used to. I do enjoy the Mission Impossible franchise, which you talked about, but even there I have some some qualms as well. But I do enjoy the genre, and it's certainly hard to argue that it's not the most sort of preeminent espionage series of certainly the last hundred years. So it will always have some significance, but I, I mostly... As I do with Doctor Who, I always look forward to seeing how they decide to reinvent it when they change up the roles and the like. So I'm curious to see what happens after Mr. Craig hangs up the the tuxedo. Uh, and I will, if it, you know, if somebody like Idris Elba comes along and, and takes up that role, I'll give it another shot. And I'll, I'll approach it with a fresh and open mind. I like that. I think that sounds good. So, you know, never, never know. Maybe we'll come back and, and watch another Bond movie at some point for our greatest hits. <laughs> Well, um, this has been uh, a fun experience, so thank you, Dan. And uh, we'll catch you on the next season of Not Playing, coming soon to a podcast app near you. (laughs) (laughs) And Lex, keep watching the stars. I have no choice. I must. My hobby is trying to figure out whether people are wearing real bow ties or clip-on bow ties. <laughs> I think he's is real. You need new hobbies. Oh, you were talking about his shaving. True. <laughs> My solution to all the money I spent on fancy shaving projects products was to start shaving less. <laughs> <laughs>